Hi, Cornerstone. This is Tracy Brubaker. Um, how I miss all of you. Um, one of the things that God has been speaking to my heart is that we need to dwell richly in Him, in His Word, in in time with Him. And one of the things that has hit me hard is that um, there is a spirit of fear that takes hold of you. I don't know about you, but whenever I get on social media, that spirit of fear tries to grip me. And so my prayer is that a spirit of peace be upon you. Um, Deuteronomy 31.8 has been the verse in our household that we have been holding on to. The Lord is the one who will go before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or abandon you. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Peace be with you. Hello, this is Tanya Meese here for the Meese family. We're thankful we're ending a 14-day quarantine. Uh, it was 11 days to get Amanda's COVID test back. It came back negative. Uh, thank you, Lord. We're celebrate- we celebrated with a walk together, social distancing, of course. We're continuing to pray for you frontliners for physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual protection. God sees you. Like Nehemiah, those who need to keep working, warring, and praying. Please, prayer warriors and intercessors, please keep praying, putting the words to it, because those who are too busy and overwhelmed need it. Continue to voice it to the Father for them. And when you share, at least when it's shared with me, it's not only a comfort, but it battles the guilt that I'm not able to voice all the concerns that are weighing on my heart and my mind and my spirit. No matter what, Jesus has overcome this. I'm thanking God for his resurrection. And keep on, Cornerstone. You're not alone in this. Hey, Cornerstone, it's Matt again. Got some scripture for you. Nehemiah 8, verse 9 to 12. Then Nehemiah, the governor, Ezra, the priest and scribe, and the Levites who were interpreting for the people said to them, Don't mourn or weep on such a day as this, for today is this sacred day before the Lord your God. For the people had all been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. And Nehemiah continued, Go and celebrate with a feast of rich foods and sweet drinks, and share gifts of food with people who have nothing prepared. This is a sacred day before our Lord. Don't be dejected and sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And the Levites, too, quieted the people, telling them, Hush, don't leave, for this is a sacred day. So the people went away to eat and drink at a festive meal, to share gifts of food, and to celebrate with great joy, because they had heard God's words and understood them. Hi, Cornerstone. This is Angie. I woke up this morning um, with a doxology in my head and on my heart, and so I wanted to share it with everybody. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him. Cornerstone, welcome to week three of the worship podcast. My name is Justin, one of the leaders here at Cornerstone. 
Today, Jim Goshert is continuing in our series of skipping through the book of Colossians in reverse. He will be bringing the homily. Thanks to Ron, Cindy, and Barry for their contributions today in service to the Lord and toward the community. Entering into a time of devotion through digital means gives us certain liberties, certain possibilities we don't have as easily when physically together. You can't fast forward through one of Justin's sermons when we gather on a Sunday morning, though I do feel like I've seen some people try to do that. In the flesh, you can't painlessly ignore someone that's coming to share something with you by going into the other room or hitting the pause button mid-conversation to go start thawing out the pork shoulder for lunch. There is less accountability surrounding us as we are listening at home. Am I looking up scripture on my phone right now or finishing the 43rd level of Candy Crush on Facebook? So as much as it is in our power right now as we're listening to this, let's make the surrounding atmosphere conducive to centering on God. Let's put phones on airplane mode or hide them under the couch cushions for 45 minutes. Let's not listen at two times the normal speed Let's not merely observe the podcast, but participate in praise, even physically. Let's not allow this podcast to be just a piece of information or entertainment. In a posture of worship, let's be towards the person of the Father, the person of the Son, and the person of the Holy Spirit. If you're listening, I hope you glean a small sense of fellowship and connection with other humans, other Cornerstone brothers and sisters. But more than that, I hope you are led into communing and adoring the Trinity. The call to worship today is from Luke 19, 28 to 40. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethphage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden it. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, Why are you untying it? Say, The Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, Why are you untying the colt? They replied, The Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. Isaac turned 16 on Wednesday, and we went for his first drive in the empty high school parking lot. I'm not the first wise man to reach this profound conclusion, 
but it has occurred to me a lot lately how quickly the last 16 years have gone and how little time we have left with Isaac in our home as our kid. And so, even in this time of forced isolation, I am very thankful that I get to see him and Scarlett and Olivia all day, every day. These are good days. These are also days of trial. I know that for some, this season is just hard, but it will pass. For nearly 2,000 years, the Church of Jesus has endured many trials and many sufferings greater than the one we are experiencing now. He brought the church through all of them. He will bring us through this one, too. We don't know when it will be, but when we get through this, and we will get through this, I believe there are things that we will look back on with genuine fondness. The time we get to spend with our families, the board games, the shared meals, the peaceful drives down quiet roads, a little extra sleep each morning, Yes, even the binge-watching of old and new screen favorites. We may most look back with fondness on the way that the Lord increased our love and affection for His church, in the way that we longed to be together, in the short and meaningful phone calls and Zoom meetings, in the way that we learned to gather and worship in spirit when we could not be together in flesh, in the way that we looked forward to and sometimes wept when we heard each other's voices in our homes each Sunday morning. These are good days. I encourage us, Cornerstone, to consciously mark these days, to find goodness in them, to be thankful, and to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. From Joel chapter 2, verse 21, the English Standard Version. Fear not, O land, be glad and rejoice, for the Lord has done great things. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Your voice it thunders, the oaks start twisting, the forest sounds with cedars breaking. The waters see you, Start their writhing from the depths a song is rising. Now it's rising from the ground. Holy, 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 holy Lord. The earth is yours and saying and mountains now are trembling creation sees you and starts composing the fields and trees they start rejoicing now it's rising from the ground now it's rising from the ground here is crying out
never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Even when I don't see that you're working. Even when I don't feel that you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. Stone. This is Jim Gosher coming to you from the nursery at church. It's kind of odd to be here all by myself, but uh, Cindy and I wanted to say uh, we've been missing you all very much, and we're very much looking forward to the time when we could be together again. I hope you're all well, in spite of the shelter-in-place order that came down on Tuesday. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 has repeatedly come to my mind over these last few days. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. So Cornerstone, don't lose heart. Keep looking in faith to Jesus. I also wanted to thank Justin for orchestrating these digital workshop worship experiences. And another thanks to everyone who's been involved with the music and the spoken word. Thanks especially to Laura and Ruth for sharing with us these last two weeks. As you know, we're in the book of Colossians, and we're kind of working our way back toward the beginning of the book. My text this morning is Colossians 3, 5 through 14. And over the last couple of weeks, I've been wrestling with a few things around this text. As I've been thinking about the issue of personal holiness or sanctification, which is a focus of this text, I've been asking things like, whose responsibility is my sanctification anyway? Is it my doing? Am I supposed to make this happen? After all, the old King James says, Be ye holy, for I am holy. Or is it God's responsibility? Paul writes to the Philippians, He who has begun a good work in you will bring it to completion. I've also been thinking about the timing of this message. We find ourselves near the end of the Lenten season. Sunday is Palm Sunday, the beginning of the Holy Week. And here we find ourselves in March 2020, and the whole world is currently wrapped up in this COVID-19 mess. Can we glean some encouragement out of this particular text? Well, Cornerstone, I believe we can, so let's get into it. But first, pray with me. 
Father, I want to thank you just for this opportunity to, uh, to share with my brothers and sisters at Cornerstone. I thank you, Lord, for the body that you have built uh, among us, in us. Thank you, Lord, for each one. And pray, Lord, a blessing upon each family that's represented at Cornerstone. I thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness to us as your children. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the power of your word. And thank you, Lord, how it's able to speak to our very souls and to our very hearts. I pray, Lord, that you will help us as we endeavor to uh, live lives that are pleasing to you day by day. And in spite of the circumstances that we find ourselves in with the coronavirus, I pray, Lord, that we would not live our lives in fear, but live our lives with a focus of love and caring for one another and caring for others around us. So, Lord, I thank you for this time. Thank you again for the opportunity that I have just to share this morning. And I pray, Lord, that you'll lead and direct me in Jesus' name. Amen. As I initially began reading through the passage here a couple of times out of the New Living Translation, uh, I don't know how many times I read it, but it finally dawned on me that the passage begins with the word so, which is short for therefore. So I backed up and started reading at verse 1. Well, now the passage begins with the word since, and that encouraged me to back up again to what seemed to be the first definitive statement that could stand on its own. That was verse 20 of chapter 2. It's there I'd like to begin. So get your Bibles, please, if you like, and I'll start reading Colossians 2.20. Listen carefully. Listen for the exhortations toward personal holiness. Listen for the encouraging words of hope. Listen for words that speak life and identity. Colossians 2.20. You have died with Christ. And he has set you free from the spiritual powers of this world. So why do you keep on following the rules of the world, such as don't handle, don't taste, don't touch? Such rules are mere human teachings about things that deteriorate as we use them. These rules may seem wise because they require strong devotion, pious self-denial, and severe bodily discipline. But they provide no help in conquering a person's evil desires. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. When God, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. So, Put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your Creator and become like Him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters, and he lives in all of us. 
Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Cornerstone, last night I had a personal crisis of faith, and it came out of nowhere. You see, yeah, since ever since Justin asked me to engage this passage a couple of months ago, I've been wrestling this text for multiple reasons. I kept getting distracted by the lists of sins that Paul had recorded here. I kept thinking to myself, how am I going to handle these things? There is some serious doctrine and theology in this text, but I've been asked to give a homily, which by definition is a religious discourse that is tended primarily for spiritual edification rather than doctrinal instruction. But I'm a doctrinal instruction kind of guy, a meat and potatoes Bible man. So I stubbornly kept pushing on. I kept working the doctrinal angle, insistent on engaging the theology. As I was reviewing last night, at about midnight, a struggle ensued inside of me. As I prayed for clarity, I got no answer, no direction. Panic set in. It was now 2 a.m. I was spent. I was done. I lay down on the couch to sleep. I'm thinking that I'm going to need to call Justin in the morning and bag this whole thing for today. At 3.22 a.m., I woke up and I sensed the Lord saying to me, Jim, you're not telling my story the way I want you to tell it. I want you to tell Cornerstone out of this text how amazing I am, how I change people's lives, how they came to me broken, beaten down, destroyed by the world, and how I hide their life in my son, and as they live in him, their lives are filled to overflowing. Then it became personal, lives like yours. You have been forever changed because Jesus died for you. Bam. It was like the Lord was asking me to die to myself and be obedient to him. The very, very crux of this text that we're looking at today. Galatians 2.20 came to my mind. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I surrendered. Okay, Lord, I will tell your story the way you want me to tell it. For those of you who know me fairly well, you know I'm a kind of a pragmatic, logical kind of guy. Don't give me a word picture, just give me the facts without all the fluff. This kind of storytelling is not typically the way I communicate. But I must say that working through this passage and wrestling with the Lord last night has forever changed the way I look at the church. Thanks be to God. So here's my telling of his story. As I imagine the people of Colossae responding to the preaching of the gospel and believing in Jesus, I see them with their, bringing with them into the church all their baggage, all their crap, 
their horrific sins, their miserable attitudes, their spiteful and lying tongues. They came just as they were. Full of hope, they took a step of faith and experienced not only a transformation of their souls, but a complete renewal of their lives as they became part of a caring community bound together in love. As they practiced putting to death their old lifestyle and putting on their new nature, they learned how to feel comfortable in those new clothes. I can only imagine the thoughts they had, the sense of overwhelming joy that welled up in their hearts. God was at work in them. The eternal God of the universe had chosen them and he was healing their broken hearts, teaching them about a father's rich love building into them a capacity to care for others and expanding the reach of the gospel throughout their city. The previously immoral man is now serving the church as an elder. The local gossip is heading up a woman's group. The once always angry man is now a gentle song leader. The greedy miser is full of tender-hearted mercy, each of them serving in the church at Colossae. They were also a melting pot of the local community, Jew and Gentile, barbaric and uncivilized, slave and free. But the only thing that mattered to them was Christ and the fact that he was living in all of them. Oh, they weren't perfect by any means. As they struggled with the feel of those new clothes, sometimes they'd dust off those old clothes and try them on for a bit. Tempers would flare Feelings would get hurt, but the offended extended grace and forgave, remembering the forgiveness that was extended to them. The offender was restored and those old clothes were discarded once again. The church was filled to overflowing with love and they were living together in peace and harmony. As I'm typing this out this morning, I'm thinking about you, Cornerstone, my brothers and sisters. I'm seeing many of your faces in my mind, and I'm marveling at your story, how the Lord has drawn each of us into this community, and how he continues his work in each of our lives. It is those stories that we need to hear and revel in. How God has miraculously reached down into your lives and mind and set us free. So Cornerstone, I want to encourage you to take some time this week. Review your story review your story, and thank God for his great love. I also want to exhort you to put off your old nature. It's a lifelong process, I can tell you. And then to put on your new life that is hidden with Christ in God. May you be renewed in your heart and mind as you seek to know Christ more and to make him known. May you clothe yourself with tender mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness. Extend patience to one another. Give each other the benefit of the doubt. Be quick to forgive, remembering that you have been forgiven. And finally, put on love. As we read in 1 Peter 4, 8, most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. Amen. So Father, thank you for your great love for us. Thank you that in Christ we died to this life and you have raised us to life anew. 
life that is hidden with Christ in God. And I pray, Lord, that as we go through these days, these uncertain days ahead of us, that, Lord, we will practice uh, putting on our new nature. We will practice uh, putting off our old nature. We will extend grace and love and care to one another. That, Lord, we will recognize that you are at work in each one of our lives. And that, Lord, you want to use us in a significant way to impact the lives of other people around us. So we pray for Cornerstone at large. We look forward to the day, Lord, when we can get together again as a body of believers and meet together. But until that day, Lord, keep us knit together in prayer. Keep us caring for one another through our prayer meetings. And pray, Lord, that your name would be glorified in each one of our lives as we engage people day by day. Lord, we desire to live for you and to see your name lifted up. Thank you for this day in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, how he takes the cross. Oh, how he lifts it up. To take the way from us. Oh, how he pays the cost. Oh, how he drinks it up To make a place for us Hear how he breaks the curse Hear how he cries aloud Hear how his voice resounds Oh, how he forms the words Oh, how he cries them out See, it is finished now Take us, O Lord, and all we have known Shape us, O Lord upon his palms Oh, what a name to find That name before him mine Take us, O Lord And all we have known Shape us, O Lord And form us into your own Take every heart and know every sin And break us, O Lord, that we may be whole again Break us, O Lord, that we may be whole again 
C.S. Lewis once wrote, we must lay before God what is in us, not what ought to be in us. Jim's message reminded me of the Narnia story about the boy named Eustace. Eustace was this greedy, prideful, uncompassionate little boy. And one day his slithery heart manifested itself and he woke up as a dragon. He eventually realized that he needed to be transformed, that being a dragon wasn't okay. Aslan, the lion who represents Christ in the story, told him, told Eustace, that he needed to undress, to take off the old. But no matter how hard Eustace tried to peel away the scales, he was still a dragon. You will need to let me undress you, said Aslan. Eustace recalls the process. The very first tear Aslan made was so deep that I thought it had gone right into my heart. And when he began pulling the skin off, it hurt worse than anything I've ever felt. The only thing that made me able to bear it was just the pleasure of feeling the stuff peel off. I was transformed. There I was, a boy, and a different boy than I was before. So Cornerstone, as we get ready to enter Holy Week, as the Lord seeks to create brand new disciples and to sanctify his people in a unique way during this COVID season, as he transforms us, purifies us, cleanses us, and washes us from our old ways, let us join in with the psalmist. Make me to hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken, O Lord, rejoice. <laughs>